One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Good morning, One Church family. Happy Sunday to you all, wherever you're at today. I hope you're having an awesome, awesome day. And uh, it is such an honor to get to speak to you. Uh, As I am looking into the camera today, I'm seeing all of your beautiful faces. And uh, I am so glad that we can uh, be together in this way, wherever you're at today, whether you're gathered in house church or Uh, gathered with your family, or perhaps you're just watching this some other time this weekend, just catching up. Uh, It's an honor to get to speak to you. I I don't take it for granted that you would give your time, give your attention for these moments, and I'm so excited that God is going to speak to us today. Before we get to the Word, I just want to mention to you, next Sunday, January 16th, we're kicking off our temple season, and that is really setting aside special time at the beginning of the year to seek the Lord. Just as the temple was a physical space uh, in the Old Testament for Israel to to make space for God to move in their lives, we want to make space in our lives, in our schedule, in our hearts this year for God to move. So I just want to encourage you, plan to join us uh, next Sunday on the 16th at the Community Center. We're going to gather together, all church gathering, kick off the year, kick off that temple season, and it's going to be awesome. And uh, well, if you have your Bible today, why don't you grab it with me and turn to uh, Psalm 65, verse 11. Psalm 65, verse 11. And I want to pick up uh, where we left off last week and kind of springboard out of uh, the scripture that I shared with you last week around the theme of a year of goodness, a year of goodness. And Psalm 65, verse 11 says this, you crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. You crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. I don't know about you, uh, but I want that over my life. I want that over my 2022. I want that over every day of my life. I want God to crown my year, my months, my weeks, my days with His goodness. And uh, I shared that with you last week, that that's really God's plan for our lives. What we're talking about when we're talking about goodness is, um, you know, not just the kind of positivity, happy, um, you know, sort of excitement that people typically have at the beginning of the new year. I love that. There's something valuable about just you know, that sense of a fresh start. But what we're talking about is not just kind of that new year, new you optimism. (laughs) The fact is, uh, most people that have the new year, new you mentality uh, have that fresh start and that lasts for about mm, maybe a week, perhaps. You're probably already past that. But the good news is, I'm not talking about new year, new you positivity, new year, new you good news. I'm actually talking about new covenant good news. We're actually talking about the goodness of God coming upon our lives through Jesus Christ. And I shared with you last week that word goodness, I love it, in the Hebrew, the original language here, it's the word tov. Just say the word tov. It feels good. Tov. feels good in your mouth. And uh, that's because that word tov really communicates God's original intention for creation. Tov is life working the way it should. Nothing missing, nothing broken. And that's God's plan for you. But to really experience Tov, we have to recognize that, you know, life 
doesn't always work the way that God intends. Life is broken. Life can be painful or the world that we live in because we live in a broken world. We live in a fallen world. But the good news is that for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus, we've been redeemed. And I talked to you last week about the importance of recognizing the redemption that we have in Jesus Christ. And I know sometimes that word redeemed, we think of it as just that's kind of church language. That's just kind of, you know, theology. It doesn't really apply to my life. But I want you to understand that that word redemption, it really encapsulates all that God has for your life, that he has redeemed you. And uh, as we see in the Old Testament for Israel, that they were redeemed from slavery. The word redemption means to buy back, to purchase, to recognize, to restore, and to release value. And that's God's plan for you, that you would be redeemed. The Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, that you are not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition of fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish or spot. We've been redeemed through Jesus Christ. He's paid the price uh, for our redemption. Galatians chapter 3, 14 says this, that Christ has redeemed us from the curse, having become a curse for us, so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us, the Gentiles, through faith in Jesus Christ. That's really the message of salvation, that you have been redeemed, that you have been set free from the curse, the curse that brought brokenness to humanity, brokenness to our lives, ultimately brokenness into our spirit, into our heart. We've been redeemed. We've been brought out of bondage, and we've been brought into a life of blessing, a life of of goodness. So I hope that stirs your heart today. But I want to continue that thought. And I actually want to springboard, uh, as uh, David said in Psalm 65, 11, you've crowned the year with goodness. I want to kind of springboard out of that and ask the question, what does it mean for a year to be crowned with goodness? I know that God's goodness comes into my life. I know that I have the good news. I know I have the presence of God. But David says that God crowns the year with goodness. In other words, it becomes a good year and uh, through redemption. And the Apostle Paul echoes that reality in the New Testament when he says this in Colossians chapter 4, verse 5, he says that we are to redeem the time. He says the same thing in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. He says, see that you walk circumspectly. That means be aware of what's going on around you, not as fools, but as wise. Wisdom is the ability to live life the way God intended. So he's saying, uh, be aware of what's happening around you, but don't be foolish, be wise. Be, be, live life the way God intended. And then he says this in verse 16, redeeming the time. If you have your Bible, underline that phrase, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The days are evil. We live in this present evil age, but those of us who have been redeemed through the blood of Jesus, now we can redeem the time. And, you know, when Jesus comes into our lives, we've been redeemed. But now what Paul is saying is that now you can redeem your time. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've become more aware than ever that we need to redeem the time that we live in. 
New Year, New You, happy, clappy, uh, you know, positivity that's based on just nothingness doesn't stand the test of time. But our redemption, the blood of Jesus, the work of Jesus, uh, not only has effect in my life, but Paul's saying here, it has effect in my time. I can redeem the time. In the evil age, I can redeem the time. Now, I know for us, you may be wondering, what in the world does that mean? You know, if you think about it this way, um, we've just come out of the holidays. And the holidays are days, but they're actually special days. And what Paul is saying is that you can actually add value to your days, redeeming the time. To redeem the time is to recognize that you can't make more time, but you can add value to the time you have. That, that's worth pondering a little bit. You can't make more time, but you can add value to the time you have. And to understand that, I think it's helpful to recognize that when Paul is writing here in the language of the New Testament, there is actually two words used for time. In English, we just say time. But there's two words in Greek for time. And the first word is chronos. And that's just the quantity of time. That's the passage of time. That's seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years. You get the gist. It's the passage of time, the quantity of time. And there are moments where the Bible uses the term chronos in the New Testament. In fact, when Jesus was born, Herod inquired at what time, what chronos the, the, the baby was born. And so that is the natural way of viewing time, chronos. But the Bible also uses another term in the Greek for time, and it is not chronos, but kairos. And kairos is not just the quantity of time, but the quality of time. Kairos is the moments that are packed with meaning. As I said, we've just come out of the holiday season, and that in that holiday season, we are saying this is a special time. It, are, it, is, it is days. <laughs> it's days, but it's not days just like every other day. It's the, holly, uh, the holidays. <laughs> it's the holidays or holy days. And what we are saying is this is not just like all the other days. This is special time. And that's really getting at what the New Testament tells us, that there is not just the quantity of time, but the quality of time. And every single one of us uh, have a certain quantity of time that, that we have on the earth. We don't know how long that is, but we've all been given a quantity of time. If you go to the um, cemetery, you'll see on all of the headstones around the cemetery, you'll see the name of a person who was laid there, their body was laid to rest there. And then you'll see two dates. You'll see the date they were born. You'll see the date that they died in the natural. But between those dates, you'll see the dash. And the dash is really symbolizing the quantity of time. But what Paul is saying here is that you don't have to just live a quantity of time. You can, you can move from the chronos time, the quantity of time, into the kairos time by redeeming the time. 
In other words, God doesn't want us to just live with a quantity of time, but a quality of time. Many people are often obsessed with how long we live, and that's certainly a good thing. I want to enjoy as much life on this earth as possible, but perhaps more important than how long we live is how well we live. How good do we live? And Paul is saying here that you can add value to your time. You can redeem your time. When you get saved, uh, your spirit is saved, but you still need to, Paul says, redeem your time. You need to convert your time. And here's what I want you to understand is that you need to convert your time from chronos to kairos. Kairos is the quality of time. It's the time when God draws near. That's what Jesus says in the Gospels. He says, the time has come. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And what he is saying is that there are moments when God draws near that become packed with eternal significance. And that's what God wants for every single one of us. And I I believe that that's what God wants over our lives and over our church in 2022 is not that we would just have 365 days as a quantity of time, but that we would experience Kairos time. That, That in this year, we would experience the eternal crashing into the temporal. We would experience the infinite reality of life with God, kairos, eternal life, crashing into the the average, ordinary moments of our lives, that we would experience eternal life, kairos time, the way that God intended, that we would redeem the time. If we want to live a, a year crowned with the goodness of God, we need to recognize that we must redeem the time. We need to move it from Kronos to Kairos. And so I want to talk for just a moment about how do you redeem the time? How do you redeem the time? Now, this may be something that you've got to take notes on. You've got to meditate on. This is, uh, I believe, what the Bible calls solid food. It's, it's spiritual meat that you may have to go back and just chew on this a little bit more. But I, I want to share with you a principle, and I've talked about this before, but it, it is uh, really the, the principle that releases the power of redemption in our lives. And it's the principle of first fruits. The principle of first fruits. And here's the principle of first fruits. The principle of first fruits is this that when you give God the first, the rest will be blessed. When you give God the first, the rest will be blessed. We see this as a principle in the Old Testament. In fact, in the book of Exodus chapter 13, verse 2, God says to Israel through Moses, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb. It goes on to say, Among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. So God is saying, whatever uh, person or animal is born to you, I I want you to consecrate it. I want it to be mine. And it goes on to say this in verse 12. Uh, He says that you shall set apart to the Lord all that opened the womb, that is every firstborn that comes from an animal, which you have, the males shall be the Lord's. 
and every firstborn of the donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And he's talking about this principle of redemption, and it it's kind of seems technical in the Old Testament under the law of Moses, but the principle is this, that when you give God the first, you release the power of redemption over the rest. When you offer God the, the first of your flocks, the, the rest will be blessed. You give God the first part, and, and this is important, that principle of first fruits or the principle of first And ultimately, it is based on the recognition that in the kingdom of God, God must be first. God must be first. And this runs throughout all of Scripture. In fact, you may remember uh, Cain and Abel, the first brothers. And they had a a fight um, because Abel brought an offering. And the Bible says this in Genesis chapter 4, verse 4. Abel brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Now, I used to read that and I thought, uh, Abel brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And, you know, Cain brought uh, the produce of his ground. He brought vegetables and Abel brought meat. And I thought, well, I guess that means that God really likes meat. (laughs) But here's what I want you to see, and I believe this is the principle of first. The issue between Cain and Abel wasn't an issue of the produce. It wasn't about the produce that they brought, but the priority that they gave. And Abel recognized that in order for there to be worship, in order for God to be honored, God had to be first. And so Abel brought the first, and Cain brought a produce, brought brought a, uh, he brought produce, but it wasn't the priority. And God looked on Abel and was pleased with his offering. It's the principle of first. When you honor God with the first, the rest will be blessed. We see this again and again throughout the Old Testament, and it's all really pointing to Jesus. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, honor the Lord with your possessions. How? With the first fruits of all your increase. Honor him by giving him the first fruits so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. The book of Proverbs is saying this, when you put God first, there's an abundance in the rest. Now, they're talking specifically in possessions, in the first fruits of our uh, harvest. They lived in an agrarian society. And of course, for us, we don't live in an agrarian society. But really, the thing of greatest value for us I would say this, even more than our money, the most valuable thing is our time. And I don't know if you've ever said this, I just wish I had more time. I don't know if you've ever said, I don't have enough time. And Here's what I want you to understand. It's not an issue of how much time you have, but what your priorities are. And this principle of first fruits, it applies to our finances, but it also applies to our time. In our finances, when we put God first, specifically with the tithe, the remaining 90% will go further than the 100% without God's blessing. When you honor God first by giving Him the 
10%, the tithe first, the remaining 90% will be blessed. It will, it, it, there will be an overflow in the rest. And the same is true with our time. That's why Jesus says this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What's he talking about? He's talking about the principle of first. When you honor God first, the rest will be blessed. The way you redeem your life, well, Jesus has redeemed us. He is the firstborn. He is God's first sacrifice to redeem the rest. And so we have been saved through the redemption, the sacrifice of Jesus. But now how do we redeem uh, our money, our time, our house, our days, all of our life? How do we release the, the potential and the promise of the gospel into our lives? By redeeming it, by offering God the first place. And so when Paul is talking here about redeeming the time, He's saying that you put God first in your time. You put God first in your calendar and the rest of your time, the rest of your life will be blessed. If you want to experience the goodness of God, if you want this year to be crowned with goodness and the paths to drip with abundance, we need to redeem the time. We need to put God first. So how do you do that? How do you actually redeem the time? What do we do? Well, here's a, a few keys that I believe we need to do if we wanna redeem the time and we wanna experience the goodness of God this year. The first thing that I believe we need to do is we need to recognize the fullness of our redemption. Recognize the fullness of our redemption. In other words, recognize all that Jesus Christ has purchased for us upon the cross. When Jesus died upon the cross, he was paying the price of our sins so that he could restore us back to eternal life with God. And so many times uh, we recognize that there has been forgiveness through the blood of Jesus, but we miss out on the redemption or the restoration that is offered to us through the blood of Jesus. And I shared with you last week that um, redemption, one of the places that we use it often in our culture, use that term, is perhaps in a coupon, you redeem a coupon or a gift card. And um, you know, if people will tell you, or if you look online, you can see that one of the reasons companies sell gift cards is because they know that there is a lot of people that will get a gift card and will never use it. There's a lot of people that will have a gift card and, and never use the full value of the gift card. They don't release all that has been paid for that gift card. And the same is true of our salvation. Yes, our salvation is the forgiveness of sins. Yes, our salvation does guarantee that when we die, that we will go to heaven, and it does guarantee the resurrection of our body, the fullness of our redemption, but it also guarantees not just eternal life after we die, but eternal life here and now. As I've shared with you before, eternal life is not just a quantity of life. Some people hear that through Jesus you can have eternal life, and they go, why do I want eternal life? I don't even like life now. Why would I want this life 
forever. In the words of Sandlot, forever. They go, no, thank you. But what God is talking about when Jesus said that he came, that we might have life and life to the full. Yes, it is eternity in heaven with him. But it's not just a quantity of days. It's a quality of life. Life with God to the full, the good life that God has intended. And many people don't recognize all that Jesus has purchased for us upon the cross. When Jesus died upon the cross, yes, he secured your salvation. Yes, he, and he, he secured your eternity in heaven, but he also secured the goodness of God upon your life. Everything that God has purchased for us through Jesus is available. And so we need to, number one, recognize the fullness of our redemption. Or I could say it this way, don't leave anything on the gift card. Don't leave anything on the gift card. I, I don't want to miss out on what Jesus has paid for me. I want to receive the full benefits, the full gospel, the fullness of salvation. So number one, we've got to recognize the fullness of our redemption. Number two, we need to reorder our priorities. Re order our priorities. Stephen Covey, uh, in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he talks about the principle of order and the big rocks. Maybe you're familiar with that. He, he uses the illustration of having a, a container and you've got big rocks and you've got stones and you've got sand. And how do you fit it all in? Some of you are familiar with this. You put the big rocks in first. He's talking about order. And when you put in what matters most, you will have space for the rest. And when it comes to living eternal life, when it comes to redeeming our time, ultimately, we need to reorder our life with God first. Practically speaking, that needs to manifest in our schedules. Many of us, our spirits are saved, uh, but our calendars aren't saved. <laughs> we would say Jesus is the Lord of our spirit, but here's the question. Is he the Lord of your calendar? Does he go on your calendar first? And, and I would even say this. He should go on our calendar even before our work does, even before our boss does, because we're saying there is, there is some time that is sacred. Jesus is the Lord of my life. And I'm not here to tell you exactly what that needs to look like, but all of us need to, need to put our calendar before the Lord and say, Jesus, I want to honor you with my time. I want to honor you with my time. Practically speaking, that's why we gather on Sundays. It's the first day of the week. We're saying, God, we're giving you the first. I believe the same is true every day, that we need to put God first in our time before we work out, before we... Uh, check our email before we get on social media. We need to give God the first minutes of our day. We need to give God the first thoughts in our mind. Fill our thoughts with the Word of God. We need to order or reorder our priorities. If we want to redeem the time, we need to reorder our priorities with God as number one. And the last thing I want you to see is this, that as we recognize the fullness of redemption, that God has paid for our redemption and our time to be valued through Jesus, and we reorder our priorities, that number three, we release God's presence into all of our life. 
you know, putting God first in your life doesn't mean living all of your life in a prayer meeting or in a church service. But as you put God first in those moments, in those disciplines, you are securing God's presence into all of life. So that when you walk into maybe the meeting that could be difficult or could be stressful, or maybe you have the moments at home that can just feel chaotic and disordered, or maybe can feel like a challenging conversations, because you've put God first, you're not just going into that moment on your own. You're going into that moment with the presence of God. God is living with you in every moment of life. And I believe that God wants us, as we enter into 2022, I believe He wants us to, number one, recognize all that He has purchased for us, the redemption of our spirit, of our soul, of our body, and even our days. He wants us to recognize all that He's purchased for us. Number two, He wants us to reorder our lives with Him in charge of every aspect of our lives. And number three, he wants to release his presence into every moment of our lives that we would experience, as the psalmist says, the goodness of God in this year. Can I pray for you today? Father, I thank you for every person watching this. And Lord, I pray that you would even take my words, as feeble as they are, And God, I pray that you would release this eternal truth into our hearts. Father, I thank you that through Jesus, we have been redeemed, that the curse has been broken. Father, thank you that through Jesus, we've been brought out of bondage and we've been brought into blessing. And Father, I pray that as we've entered into this new year, God, we would receive a revelation of all that you have for us. God, I pray that we would reorder our priorities. God, that you would be the first Lord, because you're first in our hearts, Lord, I pray you'd be first in our calendars, that you'd be first in the years we enter into this temple season. God, that you'd be first in our week, that we would uh, that we would continue honoring you even on Sundays, Lord, that you would be first in our days, God, that we would seek you first. And Lord, that as we do that, we would release your power into every moment, that it would become packed with eternal significance. Father, I thank you for it. I pray your blessing upon your people today. Help us, Lord, to redeem the time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, church, thank you so much for joining us today. I pray you have an incredible, incredible week. I can't wait to see you next Sunday back at the Winter Park Community Center. See you then.